Thank you for listening to the Akuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, learning our purpose, and linking to our community. From wherever you are listening, welcome to the community. We hope you enjoy the message. Great to be with you again here, Akul. I'm so glad to be with you once again. Uh, Merry Christmas. Now this year, if you've hung out with us at all, you know what we've been talking about all year. We've been talking about the idea of being ready. We want to be ready the way that God has constructed us to live that out, to serve the people in the fields that we are already in. We don't have to be searching for fields that we're like supposed to go somewhere else. We've already been placed in the place that we are. And as we've been in this series called Storytime, we've been looking at the parables that Jesus was telling his disciples to help them better understand the gospel so they could share it in the fields that they were called to in those moments. And while I was reading and studying for this message this week, something uh, was kind of connected in my mind. I started thinking about it. You know, uh, growing up, there were a few ages that I looked at as, as milestones. Maybe you guys looked at those same ages as milestones as well. For me, the first one was like 16. Uh, the ability to be able to drive a car and have that freedom to move around. It was something that I looked forward to for almost like my entire life up to that point. After that came 18. That was the one with the ability to legally be an adult. It also meant being out of high school and enjoying college. And the next one was 21. It was the age I was legally allowed to buy alcohol. But more than that, it was the age where it felt like I wasn't constricted by the world anymore. They couldn't like hold me back from, from anything anymore. I was fully able to do just about anything I chose to do, except rent a car, but whatever. Uh, so that year, my parents threw me a big party uh, there at their house. There was a cake and food and people, and they had me open gifts. Near the end, my dad walked up to me and handed me this little green box. As he handed it to me, he explained how it was given to him on his 21st birthday. So he wanted me to have it. It was a gold ring with a single diamond in it. I studied for a moment. I was like, oh, wow, that, that's really cool. And I looked at my dad and he had tears in his eyes and I gave him a hug, said thank you. And as a 21-year-old, I didn't understand the full weight of what was happening. As a dad now, I get it a lot better. This wasn't my dad just giving me a ring, but he was saying that I was an adult. He was saying that I was going to continue the traditions of our family for the next generation. He was saying I was a beloved son. Has anything like this ever happened to you? Have you ever had a parent or mentor pass something along to you that showed you how they felt about you? Have you ever gotten a gift that you would later realize was more than just like the gift in that moment? It was actually something that symbolized the way someone felt about you. Now let's say you got that amazing gift and then you lost it or you broke it. How would you feel about that? I mean, I'd imagine you'd be pretty upset because that gift you realized meant more than the actual thing. It was a connection to a deeper relationship to a person that you love or care about. But what if it wasn't the gift that you lost? What if you lost the person? What if they got up and left? What if they passed away? You'd probably feel a lot more about losing out on that thing. And really most gifts can get replaced or fixed, but it's not the same with people. 
And today we're actually going to be reading through a parable Jesus told very much so long uh, along those lines. Uh, and it's about a father and his two sons. Some people call it the prodigal son, but I feel like this parable is about so much more than what the son does. It's about what the father does. It's about what the brother does. So let's read through it as recorded by the physician and historian Luke. He writes, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. Okay, there's not a lot written here, but there's a ton for us to dig into. First, we have to get a really good understanding of what is going on with the younger son here. You see, normally in ancient Israel, the inheritance wouldn't be handed over to the sons until the father couldn't manage it well. He didn't have to necessarily wait until he died, but just got to the point where he couldn't handle it anymore. So for a son to ask for his inheritance before his father had done that, well, that's like saying, I wish you were dead, or I wish you were at a capacity that you couldn't handle this anymore. For a son to ask for this money, it was scandalous. It was a slap in the face of the father, and it was going to open him up, the father, to being judged by all the people that knew him. The father knew the implications of granting the younger son his wish, and he still did it. Even though it was disrespectful, rude, and scandalous, the father gave the younger son exactly what he was asking for. So the father split his possessions in two, gave them to the son to sell off. When the son did that, pocketed the money, and then this happened. A few days later, this younger son packed all of his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there, he wasted all his money in wild living. More scandal here. You see, if it wasn't enough for him to ask for his inheritance early, the younger son left the nation of Israel to go and live somewhere else. People back then didn't leave their families. I mean, it might seem normal for us, but for them, this was not okay. The son was the living amongst the pagans, the bad people, the ones that were spiritually unclean. Then the son fails miserably. If it wasn't enough for him to fail spiritually and, and all that, but he didn't take the money to start a business, invest in people, feed the poor. No, he took this money, failed miserably because he blew it, all of it, on wild living. And just like that, the kid is in a worse position than he had ever been before. Let's keep reading this parable. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. Things got bad for the son, so bad that he got a job as a servant for pigs, not working to like take care of people in a house. He was in charge of feeding pigs, which to Jewish people would have been awful. Pigs were considered unclean. So just coming in contact with someone that had touched a pig was enough to make that person spiritually unclean as well. So it's like, you can't even be a secondhand pig toucher, right? Now it was so bad for the son over there. In addition to that, he was so hungry. He was so hungry that he thought about what he was feeding the pigs that he would eat it. Back then, the pigs didn't eat pig slop. They would eat these pods that fell from evergreen carob trees. And the son wanted these pods so bad, he was so hungry, he wanted pig food. He wanted to eat pig food. He wanted to eat the carob pods, but no one would even give him that. Okay, so let's recap. The younger son does so many detestable things. 
He asks for his inheritance early. He leaves his family. He leaves Israel. He wastes all of his money. He works with pigs and he's longing to eat the same food the pigs are eating and he can't. And I think Jesus sets up this parable like this because this is about as low as a Jewish person could get. Jesus really wanted to drive home the idea of how much this younger son had messed up. But there's more to this. Let's keep reading. When the younger son finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. Finally, it took all that stuff happening to the younger son for him to finally realize that it would be better for him to be at home as a servant than to be out on his own. It's taken the younger son a while, but he now knows he shouldn't have taken the inheritance early, that it's something frowned upon, that he shouldn't have left his family, that he shouldn't have left the country. Now the younger son is ready to go back home. He realizes that the ways he has gone against his father and family aren't right, and he's ready to apologize and make it right the best way he knows how. So much so that he's like practicing, he's practicing his speech like, okay, when I walk in, I'm gonna tell my dad this, I'm gonna do that and do this. So let's take a look at what happens when he finally makes his way back home. Here is how Luke records this part of the parable. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. So the younger son, he had the whole thing planned out. He's going to get into the home of his father. He's going to beg for the ability to be a hired servant, and he's going to pray that his father shows him grace. But we see something amazing happen here. Before the younger son can even step foot on the property, his father sees him and runs out to meet him. Jesus says that the father was filled with love and compassion as he ran to see his son. It's the same word we've been talking about for the last couple of months. It went compassion. It's churning his stomach. It's making him feel, shake his bowels. So let's stop and think about this a little bit further. Some of you may have a child. Now imagine that child made a very public display that they wanted nothing to do with you. They will take whatever will be owed to them when you die, and then they leave. Now imagine how much you would miss that child. How you would lie awake at night praying that this child was okay. You'd wake up every morning and look out at the one road to your house and hope and pray that you would see them coming your way. So imagine the excitement when that father looks out there and sees them. Imagine the excitement that you would see when you see them walking down. You don't walk, you run. And in ancient Israel, this was a completely undignified thing to say and do. But the father's like, I don't care. And then before any words can be said, they throw their arms around him so deeply. The only thing that you and this father would want to show in this moment is love. So listen to how this father reacts and how the younger son starts to speak to him about how he has sinned and how he doesn't deserve to be a son anymore. But his father said to the servants, quick, 
Bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. The father isn't worried about the sins the younger son committed against him. The only thing he was worried about was the son's presence. And when the son was back, the father made sure a few things happened. First, the son gets clothed. The father makes sure the father made sure a basic need was met. But then, the father makes sure the son gets a ring, a symbol of family, a symbol of freedom. He was saying that the son was going to come back into the family to continue the traditions. He was saying that he was a beloved son. And then the father gets the barbecue going. Get the cow. We have been getting good and fat. We are going to throw a party. And everyone loves a party. Everyone loves a comeback story, right? Wrong. There was one person in this household that wasn't excited for the return of the younger brother. It was the older brother, the older son. He wasn't happy at all. Let's read what the older son had to say. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, All these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all that time, you never even gave me one goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, Look, dear son, you've always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. Y'all, I get this to an extent. The older brother here has been doing all the right things, respecting his father, working the fields. I mean, when this happens, he's working, learning how to run their property when the father goes. Meanwhile, this little bro was running around acting a fool, and then he got what he deserved. The younger brother messed around and found out. He played a dumb game, and then he got a dumb prize. So when the younger brother shows up and there is a party being thrown, after a day of working in the fields, the older brother walks in and is like, what's going on? I did everything right. I followed the rules. I worked for you, dad. I didn't do any of those things. And then he's like, probably like, I earned this place at the table. I earned my inheritance. I earned my place as a son. And Father, I earned your love. And my brother, he didn't. It's not fair. But the Father explains it. He's like, hey, everything I have is yours. Which that phrase, that makes me think that things are pretty good for the older son. My guess is that the older son already had a ring. He'd lived a good life in his father's house. He had a robe, 
And maybe a feast was never thrown for him, but I bet you he got to be around lots of feasts. He had it all. Then the father explains, we have to celebrate this equation. Your brother was lost and now he's found. He was once lost and now he's dead. And then the parable ends and we don't find out what the brother does. But I think this points us in the direction of how we need to live out our lives. Especially right now. It's, we're in the middle of the holidays. And I know it's a tough time for a lot of you. You might be listening to this story, this parable, and you might be thinking of yourself in one of these three roles. You might be the younger son that is on the outside looking in, that has lived not the best life possible. You might be the father waiting for your child to come back home. You might be the older son, resentful for the way that your younger sibling or friends or family have been treated and given extra slack. And no matter what role you're in, this is something, there's something that you could do based off of this parable. Now, quick disclaimer, if you find yourself in one of these roles and going back to a family, accepting a child or a sibling back in your life, and it isn't safe for you physically, mentally, or spiritually, I want to encourage you to continue to maintain good boundaries, safe boundaries, where you can engage them, but also stay safe. But for the rest of us, if you're the younger son, I want you to know that you can go back. Sure, you messed up, but you'd be surprised in how much your family can love you, especially if you go back with a humble heart a heart that is willing to admit that you made mistakes and you are sorry for them. Ask for forgiveness. Lay your pride down. If you're the parent accepting the child back that wronged you, y'all, you gotta be graceful. You gotta forgive 70 times, seven times. And the way you can do that is by showing them that they are loved, by showing them that they are welcomed back. And when they get back, don't welcome them with, well, you've been gone for so long. Oh, well, while you were gone and while this thing, no, cut the sarcastic comments, clothe them with your love and grace. And if you're old, the older brother, I get it. That family member coming back into the picture, they don't deserve it. They messed up so bad and it's their own fault that they're in such a terrible position. It's their own fault that you feel the way that you do about them. But the thing about grace is that it is never deserved. It is only grace because it isn't deserved. I mean, of course, speaking and living out this grace will be so awesome for the person coming back. But also, this is important to note, the only person in this entire chapter that we just read in this parable that isn't ex experiencing amazing joy of some kind is the older son. So for yourself, letting go of the burden of anger, of resentment, it's going to help you. Because if you don't, it's going to weigh you down. It's going to make your life worse. Just let it go. Because here's the deal, even though you think you may have, you haven't done everything correct your whole life. There have been times where you have sinned against your family, against your friends, against God. But you're welcomed back in. And I want you to be able to pass that along. And y'all, it's really what Jesus was all about. Because here's the thing, Jesus isn't fair. This isn't a meritocracy over here. We don't get what we deserve. Y'all, Jesus is not a spiritual Santa Claus. We don't mess up so much that we end up on the naughty list. We don't live such a perfect life that we make our way onto Jesus's nice list. No, he forgives us. He forgives everything. And all we have to do is to get that 
is simply believe. Believe that he was the only one that has walked this earth and been perfect. That he lived a life without sin, without messing up once, and then he laid down that life to become the perfect, blameless sacrifice for us. So that when we believe in him and what he did here on this earth, every single one of our sins, every single way that we have fallen short to the people around us, to ourselves, to God, all of these things are forgiven. He's so much better than a spiritual Santa Claus. So if you want to declare or redeclare that belief today, I can help you do that. You just have to have a conversation between you and Jesus that we would call a prayer. And to help you out during this time, I'm going to ask all of our Akuo community to pray along with you. Because here at Akuo Church, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have an entire community praying along with you. You also have a community to come back to. If you've been pushed out by family and friends, come to the Akuo community. We'll take care of you this Christmas. So if you want to declare your faith to Jesus today, just say something like this between you and him. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. And today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Amen. Now I want us to have a moment where we listen to God. Y'all, we are a Kuo church and that word means to listen. So we want to do that right now. We want to make ourselves available to God to hear from him in this moment because we know that the best ability that we can have when it comes to our relationship with God is availability. So if you can, I just want you to close your eyes, make yourself comfortable, and then ask Jesus this one question. Just ask him, Jesus, show me the places that I need to go back to. We'll take a few minutes to ask and listen, and then I'll come back to finish in prayer.
Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for today. Jesus, thank you for the way that you continue to speak to us. Jesus, right now, we just ask, will you please show us the safe places we can turn to? Will you help us love the ones that have left us? Jesus, will you help us forgive those people that have sinned against us? And Jesus, will you show us the ways to love the ones that are hard to love? We thank you for everything, Jesus. We love you. And we pray all of these things in your holy, mighty, precious, loving, forgiving name. Jesus, amen. All right, y'all, before we finish out, I just want to share a holiday schedule with you. Next week is New Year's Eve. So that day, we will only be having an online service. It's something that we're going to be doing for a few reasons. First, I want this to be a very personal time that you get to have. There will be some good prayer and listening times in this message, and I want you to have the full amount of time and the full amount of physical space that you need to think through and pray through this service. The other reason is we want to make sure we're giving our teams a break during the holidays. We want to make sure that the people that volunteer, volunteer their time to serve our community every single Sunday have a chance to just hang out and enjoy a Sunday. Again, we will only be having an online service next Sunday, New Year's Eve. So uh, the other thing that I want to remind you about before we get out of here is our generosity. If you're somebody who gives here to Akuo, is generous, I want you to know that you're helping impact our community. So if you give here, I want you to know that you're not giving to Akuo Church, you're not giving to us and our organization, but really what you're doing is you're giving to your community through Akuo. Now, if you aren't sure where to start in your generosity, maybe you haven't heard from God yet. Really, that's where we want you to start. We want you to ask the Lord, hey, what can I be gen how can I be generous here? One of the many ways that you can express your generosity, if you haven't heard exactly from the Lord yet, is through the tithe, which just means giving a first fruit, 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. That could be where you start until you start to figure out the celebration of giving in your life. Now, that celebration of giving might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family. And if that's you, that's okay. Because we are here to help. We want to be linked to you during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs some help, let us know. To do that, all you have to do is go to our website, akua.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send an email to us at help at akua.church, or you can call or text the church, 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to give at Akua Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website, akua.church. And when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions. We also have our text to give option for that, all you have to do is text AKUO, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. And if you don't want to give electronically, we also have our PO Box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail it to AKUO at PO Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, all that's all that I have for you today. I just want you to know that I love and appreciate all of you. I'll be praying for you now, throughout the rest of the week, throughout the rest of this year, into next year. Y'all, I just, I love and appreciate you so much. So I just ask that you would allow me to pray over you one last time before we figure this out and get out of here. So Lord, I pray that as people turn off their phones, close their laptops, turn off their TVs, whatever it is, Lord, I pray that they would continue to hear your voice. 
I pray that as they open up gifts and, and, and spend time with people, that they would see you, that they would remember that you are the center of the season. Jesus, we pray that you would allow them to experience grace from friends and family members during this time. They'd be able to receive it and that they would be able to give that same grace to the people around them. Jesus, we thank you for everything. We love you and we pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, that's all that we have for you. Merry Christmas, and we'll see you online next week. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O.church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.